0: Please stay tuned. You worth Sirius FM 105.7, your number one station in the oh east. Giving the umma and umph a spiritual high octane. Coming to you this morning on, uh, Sirius FM, Fahmy Mysterio, uh, that morning, uh, that time of the morning where we join our very own, uh, Mufti Ibrahim Smith. Some of his neighbors call him Abram, Abram. Yeah, he accepts it because, you know, Cape Town has a big mixer. Uh, Mufti Ibrahim Smith, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and how are you doing this fine beautiful Jumma morning. Wa as salam wa
1: rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Insha'Allah, and all our listeners and uh, all those people tuning in from across the globe, you know that, Yahati, uh, uh, welcome uh, directly here uh, from uh, Cape Town Shafiq. Uh All excited, you know, that uh, Nisusha Shaaban is coming up, Inshallah, And then uh, after that, uh, we'll be embracing the beautiful, beautiful month of Ramadan, insha'Allah. Uh, Mufti
0: Saab, how's my on double going there? Because Yusuf and I so soon will be coming with uh, broadcasting equipment, and uh, maybe we'll do live broadcast from the Rondavel. Hey,
1: we can call it but, Mufti. Yeah, Mufti Ibrams uh, media Rondaval. Yes, I can tell you, you know, that uh, there's so many hijra movements happening in South Africa. Uh, people, Muslims coming together, you know, building eco-villages, etc. So uh, we encourage all these type of things. Your spot is reserved here, uh, right on the farm. You know that the uh, last time that you came here, you identified one area. So that area we keep in front <laughs> Allah. <laughs>
0: Subhanallah. Really love you. I really love you for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, I have this like whenever I talk to my Zoji and I I said, you know what, Mufti Ibrahim Smith is there for us, man. I mean, the case then goes into a sewage tank and all that. Well, we've got a spot there in Scarscrow. And Alhamdulillah, I think, you know, you're talking about eco village. We need to have a village there to Mufti Ibrahim Smith. The whole country can come and uh, and live with us there, with your sheep, with your goats, with your rabbits, and with <laughs> your lettuce, and your watermelon. Inshallah, Mufti Sabah, go, go and do it. You're a man of Barakah. Looking at the questions that are coming through, it says, as alaykum, uh, Mufti. Is it a sunnah to fast on the 15th
1: of Asha'aban, uh, Mufti? Uh, Shafat, you know, there's dispute regarding the authenticity of uh, all these uh, hadith among the scholars and uh, the experts of hadith, you know. So what I normally encourage the people to do is to fast the white days uh, and it is sunnah to fast the white days of each and every month, meaning the 13th, the 14th, and the 15th. So if a person is clever and intelligent, he will fast. Uh, in South Africa, it will be on Tuesday, so you will fast the 13th, 14th, and 15th, which means Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, inshallah. And in that way, he'll be getting the reward of fasting the white days, which is called a al-Bid. And he will be getting uh, the reward of fasting the 15th of, of uh Shaban, also for those who hold the view that uh, it is virtues. So in that way, you know, we get away from the uh, disputes and everything. while still engaging in ibadah. For that, uh, does Allah subhanahu
0: wa ta'ala give uh, the list of deceased people just trying to die this year on the 15th of uh, Sha'aban?
1: On the 15th of Shaban or Shabi Barrat or Laylatul Niswi in Shaban, these are all the names that people give out there. To this specific night, so there's many, many uh, uh, false beliefs attached to this night. Some people will put glasses of water because they believe that the, the deceased people are coming uh, to visit uh, them as well, and other people do funny, funny things. Uh, Shafat, we have to stick to that, which is uh, authentic and that which has been accepted by the uh, mujtahideen and the Imma uh, generation after generation. You know, so the list of deceased people that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, everyone's uh, time of demise. That was appointed already when we were in the wombs. It was recorded when we were in the wombs of our uh, uh, mothers, you know. And uh, so that list is there. It is taken from Dr. Mahfoud, and then it is given uh, to the angels to execute. So uh, whether it happens on this particular night, or some will say it happens on Laylatul Qadr the night of power in Ramadan also, you know. So uh, it doesn't really matter which night it happens. What is important is the fact that uh, our name has already been recorded on that list. So if you are destined to die, you will die. Uh, this particular night, 15 of Shaban, won't change the date. It won't alter the date. It won't bring it forward a second or delay it by a second, G.
0: Yes, sir, Mufti Sama, questions are jumping on the screen uh, for you. And uh, this one says, as Mufti. I want to get a pet for my children. Um, what are permissible pets uh, to keep in uh, the home or yard besides cats,
1: birds and fish? Mufti? So any permissible pet, as long as you can uh, uh, look after it, you know, uh, and you can feed it. So people have different preferences. Uh, uh, Shafat, stay away from tigers, stay away from lions, you know, that uh, uh, animals of prey that can harm a person. So there are other there's various species of birds. In fact, uh, Anas bin Malik, a had a pet parrot. And uh, when the pet parrot died, Rasulullah consoled him by saying, ya, So it's possible to keep pets uh, taken from that rewire. You can even give the pet a name also. So basically, those are things that people keep as pets, you know, uh, that is within the confines of the law, and uh, that uh, also does not infringe uh, the policies of the SPCA. So there's horses as well, there's ponies as well. I mean, uh, that depending on your space and the size of your yard, Uh, You can have a pet turtle as well. You know, there's many things. There's rabbits also, Shafat. Uh, There's chickens. Uh, You know, goats also. You get uh, um, Nigerian goats or dwarf goats also. They make wonderful pets. So that is according to a person's preference, G.
0: Yeah, I had a friend who had these, uh, you know, the uh, Amazon monkeys, the tiny ones. And uh, one of his dogs is Scratched it and the poor thing died. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, someone says you yeah, monkeys. I mean, you come to Kezer then. I got <laughs>
1: thousands of fervent ver- ver- monkeys. You call them pets. I call them pests, Mufti. Yes, and I've, I've seen them uh, many, many times in the yard of the late uh, Mufti Fayyaz, rahim ta'ala. I saw one passing away and I saw them going to f- fetch the head of the herd. The head of the monkeys, you know, he was like the grandfather. He came and he carried the body away. I stood in awe to see that how these uh, monkeys performed funeral rites on, uh, on their disease. Wallah, I couldn't understand it. I was standing there for 30 minutes. They didn't allow anyone near. He first came, and examined the dead monkey, and then uh, they carried that uh, body away. But remember, with monkeys, the risk of rabies is very, very high. Uh, so you must be careful when you want to keep uh, these type of animals also, G.
0: Good point indeed, uh, Mufti. I've got a rooster now, and I, I mean, you have seen my uh, whole collection, but now I've got a pure white rooster, Mufti, and he's become my big pal. He comes up to me and I say, hey, how's it, Windsor? And he, you know, I make him uh, crow, he's crowing. And I think there's a hadith where Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa sallam, talks about a white rooster. Uh, Mufti, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yes, uh, Rasulullah speaks about a rooster or roosters in general, saying that when you hear the crowing of a rooster, uh, then you should make du'a, you know, because uh, they are seeing angels. So most probably you have a leg on, fog on, because uh, those are one of the bigger type of roosters. Uh, I think uh, that uh, based on uh, your description that you've given to me now, so most probably it could be that type of rooster that you have I'm just I'm I haven't seen it personally, you know. A rooster, uh, a
0: spiritual booster. Hey, how's that, (laughs) Bufthi? Yeah, we can have that. Okay, and uh, I mean, if you've got your organic, uh, you know, your your roosters in your hands, you're really going to have a nice uh, amount of uh, eggs and uh, the leghorn and all. I mean, you know, I've got the, they walk, so prancing; they're not like those droopy, Hens uh, and yes. sometimes you see there's a battery chicken and all. You feel so sorry for them. <laughs> uh, question here says, uh, "What is the ruling regarding following the Islamic Medical Association in matters relating to halal and haram of the?" Yes, uh,
1: I the special majlis on Tuesday where I discussed the Islamic Medical Association. Uh, these uh, or oh, this particular body, you know that uh, they had uh, they had us during COVID time when they encouraged us to take the vaccination and uh, put our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our tawakkul in Allah. And uh, then afterwards, uh, they told us close the masajid, and then Hazrat Tawakkul left also, you know, when we had to do social distancing. So regarding matters of halal and haram, they're not experts in that. they experts, most probably, in their own field. They will have to liaise with credible ulama, ulama of taqwa, ulama of haq, and not ulama of sunnah, those ulama aligned align with government policies, like uh, we have been taken for a ride during COVID, I need to find out that the AstraZeneca, that the Islamic Medical Association, that they were pushing uh, the government actually threw it out, you know, and said, no, this is dangerous. So the Islamic Medical Association, they promoted it, government said it is dangerous, the world said it is dangerous. So regarding these fellows, I would uh, exercise caution, you know, they're not experts in the field of any Islamic science. They should stick to uh, prescribing uh, drugs. That is what uh, they are basically, uh, you know, the legal drug peddlers, peddlers and legal drug pushers. Gee.
0: Yeah, Murthy. Yeah, you got us all in that world of. Yeah, we woke up now. Now we're not sleeping. We're not no, drunk. Exactly. We are the we're yeah. not
1: drunk. We're completely sober. And uh, anyone taking us for a ride out there, you know, these people should ex- actually come and apologize openly uh, for having uh, shoved this thing down the throats of people. And make, you know what he said, that made people feel guilty that if you're not going to take it, you're risking other people's lives. And today we see that many people died and are maimed and crippled because of these things. And uh, not this medical association, neither the ulama bodies that promoted it, they have got the guts and the courage to come forward and, says, and say, listen, we have heard, and we are really, really sorry for what happened and I will try not to repeat it. Instead, they're promoting uh, a va- uh, measles vaccine that contains porcine gelatine. I don't know where the Islamic science and knowledge just comes from, you know.
0: Looking at this message, it says, I woke up late and missed the two sunnah before Fajr. He is there a qaza to read for it. Hey, Sleepy
1: Joe, Mufti, how do you <laughs> respond to that? Yes, so if it's in, in the prescribed time of Fajr soul, then you can read it immediately after Fajr Salah. So sometimes it happens, your alarm goes off, and, uh, you know, you take the extra five minutes, 10 minutes snooze, uh, and then you wake up. But if you wake up and, and there's still time to read it, remember, Fajr's time only expires at the time of sunrise. So if it is still within that prescribed time period, you can read it two Sunnah, Raka'ats first, and then Salatul to Fajr. Uh, if you fear that uh, the first time will be exiting, meaning one or two minutes before sunrise, then it's best for you to discard it uh, or leave the two raka'ats uh, and then uh, read your farsalah because then it will still be counted as a da and g.
0: Uh, Mufti Saab uh, assalamu alaikum. I'm divorced for five months, uh, five months now. I was married for three years. My husband never paid my dowry yet. Hey, that's a shocker, Mufti.
1: No, it's quite common. It happens, you know, sometimes the dowry is so uh, expensive, uh, uh, ridiculously expensive. Uh, Some will ask for Krugerrand, some will ask for a fully furnished house, some will ask for Hajj and Umrah and uh, all these other expensive type of things, you know. And uh, the husband at that particular time, he might be able to afford it or they made arrangements uh, amicably, they agreed to have it paid off, etc. Then he loses his job. His marriage goes sour, etc., and then he can't afford to pay it. So what happens in this case? It remains a debt. The person should pay it. There's no escaping that you know he should pay it. It will remain a debt until he has uh, uh, paid the debt. That is especially if the marriage was consummated. Then he needs to pay the amount that uh, they have agreed upon. G. Uh, this uh, brother says, "Assalamualaikum, uh, Mufti. I really enjoy
0: you on Quickfire q and What's the difference between uh, dowry?"
1: And Labola? Hey, that's a powerful question. Labola or yes. Labola? Labola, you know, so dowry is what Rasulullah has specified, and it varies across the range, you know. So you get the Mahri Fatimi, which the uh, Mahar is, uh, or the dowry that uh, said in uh, Ali he paid to, to uh, uh, Fatima al Zahra Rajalatlan. Then you get instances where dowry were just a few verses of the Quran uh, or whatever of value there was attached to a certain commodity. That would be the dowry. And then you get lobola. We have to pay the in-laws uh, a certain amount of cows. So there it differs. The dowry in Islam goes to the wife, your bride, that you're getting married to. The lobola, I believe, goes to the in-laws, sort of a bride, uh, you know, to have relations or to get married uh, to their daughter. There's a big difference between that and between the maharji. Ah, great, great! You cleared the air, Mufti Saab. Uh
0: okay. This question says our Sheikh Hasrat had his uh, Khalifa's uh, authority to give uh, Baya uh, removed. Uh, can we still follow him, Mufti?
1: Yeah. So when I when uh, when I uh, you know there's so many Khalifa plural is called so these are all these spiritual shaykhs in the If You see, there's these DB jamaat, you know, Barakatum uh, jamaat, everyone having their own khanka, and everyone recruiting their own followers, uh, making their circle bigger. A lot of rich people get uh, get caught up in all of this, you know. And uh, sometimes uh, the people behind these khankas, uh, uh, they have their own agendas, the good ones excluded from there, of course. This is not a general statement. So uh, when one of these uh, characters, when he had this, uh, his his uh, authority or he loved uh, revoke. Uh, then uh, how can you still follow him? That is because perhaps he may committed a public uh, crime, a crime in public. So uh, then that means he did not set a good example. So they're giving good spiritual advisors, but their own lives is void of this. Such characters you should not follow. You know that uh, does associate from them until these people make public over public apology, and uh, then after that uh, their case can be reviewed again. G. Now, al of the uh, Circular School in the Eastern Cape is uh, teaching
0: its students that it is okay to be bisexual and Muslim. Your views are mufti Salim.
1: Yes, sir, there's going to be the norm if it started in the in the Eastern Cape. Uh, That means it will falter down and spread across the rest of South Africa and most probably the globe. So that is the new norm. They take these centers of learning and education, the so-called schools out there, public schools, and uh, bring in uh, uh, this uh, type of uh, corrupt knowledge uh, that will confuse the gender of the learners, you know, by telling them it is okay to be bisexual or any other type of sexual, I call them gender-confused, and uh, you can be Muslim as well. If you read the Eastern and you see what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did to the people of Lut alayhi salatu wasalam, you'll be so scared. What happened in Turkey now, uh, the earthquake and the images coming through from there, that is minor in comparison with how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deals with gender-confused people. So in this, uh, in this particular case, you know, if there's other alternatives, take your child out of school, give them homeschooling, invest in that, investing in so many Things why not invest in homeschooling? That would be the better option. G, uh, Mufti so uh, Can men remove the unibrows? Yes, men can remove the unibrow. You know, you know that the removing the unibrow and shaping your eyebrows are two completely separate issues. So, the unibrow is that piece that grows in the middle of a few strands of hair, uh, you get a, a tremor that trims it uh, completely, you know or you can have it plucked out also to uh, remove it because it sort of joins the eyebrows. So if it is uh, causing some sort of discomfort for the person, uh, then the male may remove it
0: also. Gee. Yeah, I'm wondering how many of you can ride a unicycle. Hmm. Hey, hey. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> That's another story. What is the ruling regarding collective
1: ibadah on the 15th of Shaban, There is nothing reported like that in the authentic hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or, of, amongst the Sahaba, radiallahu ta'ala, you know, that, uh, collective ibadah means people getting, uh, together in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala listening to a lecture that is one thing because you're coming there to learn something collective ibadahs when people they you now want to make salat to tasbih or any special salat uh, that is not found uh, to be uh, read on, on this particular night or they will read a certain surahs three four five times so all these things are innovations people have innovated in Islam you know and uh, they will not be rewarded for that at all because it's something that uh, they have innovated uh, and by innovating something you're actually claiming that the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is incomplete because this has to do with Akhida. It is not your normal innovation because people actually come, uh, engage, participate in this type of ibadah, thinking that they will be reordered. So it has to do with Akhida. My suggestion would be to refrain from that. If you want to go, go and listen to the lecture. You can derive some benefit from there and take the lesson back to your family. Mufti sahab, I'm really scared of what is going to happen in this country. Any advice? Yes, the best advice I can uh, offer, you know, we're all scared, but we shouldn't be scared, you know. Uh, being scared and being afraid, is, uh, th- those are two different things. Number one is you need to make abundant istighfar. You need to beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, not to send down upon us conditions which we are unable to bear. A government uh, that will uh, most probably strip off of, of all our rights as we are experiencing now with uh, load shedding. Load shedding is just a name for uh, another name for lockdown. So we are actually under a new type of lockdown, Shafat, where you are told when to eat and when to go sleep. Because if I tell you your lights go off at 8 a.m., uh, then you have to be in bed by 7 a.m. If I tell you, your light is off at 2 p.m., that means your food must be done by one. So psychologically, they are already controlling your eating, sleeping, and moving around habits. And uh, if people can't see that, you know, then I don't know, there's no, not much hope. So make istighfar and give charity in abundance also. Uh, charity will stop all these uh, difficult conditions coming upon the ummaji People, can you
0: feel the psychological warfare? Can you? Mufi, brilliant indeed. Uh, perhaps one more question uh, before we end off. Uh, it says uh, we have to take out uh, disability
1: cover where I work. Is this a permissible, Mufti, Saab? Disability covers of two types. One is where it becomes mandatory, the company uh, deducts from your uh, salary. You know, in in uh, they uh, pay in. Uh, that uh, to the insurer that they have, uh, have a connection with. So in that case, uh, the sin is not upon you. The sin is upon the company. If the benefits, benefits pay out, then you you are allowed to utilize that. Number two is when you uh, take it out voluntarily. So that is not permissible. That is knowingly entering an agreement with its insurance insurance, which of course are an and uh, interest based, uh, etc. So it is not permissible. It's haram, ji.
0: Mufti Sahab, really uh,
1: great being in your company.
0: And uh, they say, flate flate answer, story is eight. Uh, your parting words
1: are this morning? So, MashaAllah, sold a the month of Shaaban, prepare people. There's only a few, few days uh, left for uh, Ramadan. You know, they beg Allah, that, Ya yeah, Allah, grant us one more opportunity at least so we, we can uh, have uh, the spiritual uh, blessings, forgiveness, maghfirah and rahmah, and also emancipation from the fire of Jahannam just to be able to witness the month of Ramadan. That should be on the tongues of the Ummah right now, Shafat. We don't know if that is going to happen. We're only hoping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us all. as Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.
0: Wa salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to our Mufti Ibrahim Smith and uh, to all of you that sent in uh, the messages. A big jazakallah khaira to all of you. And uh, Yusuf Asmal, a brilliant engineering as uh, usual. Keep it locked on to Sirius FM for beautiful broadcasting and a lovely, lovely nasheeds interspersed. Uh, shortly, we we'll also will have uh, the Qudba from the Holy Lands uh, translated by Mufti A.K. Hussein. Uh, from the team and I, till we meet you again, we bid you, As-salamu و